Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 220. Look at that. My name wow. is Brando. Wow, I am able to afford, thank you, I've been able to afford a studio audience. Yeah. Of four. Of three, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've actually, I encourage people today to, I mean, if you listen to the podcast on normal platforms like iHeart or Spotify, great, but go head over to YouTube because this is going to be on YouTube. I finally, I mean, I should have been doing this for a long time, putting all the Zoom interviews I've been doing in quarantine on YouTube. So uh, along with that, because I, I encourage people to watch, and I'll introduce my, my panel, I guess, as we go along. Uh, so with uh, putting the stuff on YouTube, you'll see many an interview with, I mean, I guess he's kind of almost my co-host a little bit. He kind of comes back. He's not quite my Ed McMahon, but he, maybe he fills in for me. Uh, I don't know. What do I call you, uh, Mark Alexander Erber? I mean, oh, I don't want to say you're making I got a cameo. It. I got it. No, I got it. Your co-pilot on certain episodes. Sure. I like that. Very I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so it's, it's been great with, it's kind of been like by a happy accident. It's not like I started out searching out golden robot artists. It just happened to, you know, of course, talking to Alex Grassi and Dizzy Reed from Hookers and Blow and, uh, Gilby Clark, and, and you've introduced me to so many great people uh, that we have up on YouTube now. And one of the people, and again, I, it's not like I planned this. It's, it's not like I'm team, I am team Golden Robot now. And oh, by the way, yeah. it's not like I, I, you didn't pay me, so uh, Mark is not paying me for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, if you're looking on YouTube, I'm wow. holding up this beautiful sweatshirt. Show us the front. Show us the front. Brandon, you got one. Cool. Yeah, so this is, uh, are we so wearing it now? It's real. Wow. My girlfriend's jealous. She's like, that's nice. Like, have him send me one. I'm like, it's going to take a while from Australia. Brandon, Brandon got one. Didn't you, didn't you get a t-shirt? Did I send you something? I don't have any golden robot. Oh, uh, uh, well, I got it. Just uh, when we get off this, you give me your address and Todd's address and we're going to represent. Okay, Perfect. Cool. Well, I'll so, rep some golden robot merch. Definitely. Well, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, it, I did wear it for a few days because it was cold here in New York, but now uh, it's just become hot again because it's weather by Sybil, as uh, Robin Williams uh, once said. <laughs> but as, uh, as, as uh, Mark Alexander just kind of introduced our other guests, uh, he wasn't talking to me. He wasn't just calling me Brandon and not addressing me at the same time. There is, we have another Brandon on the show who's been on before, Brandon Fields. Uh, you may remember him. He was, he was on the episode. I had Bootsy Collins on and Brandon was my second guest. And uh, well, first of all, welcome, Brandon, as like a oh, past the awkwardness. Thanks of, for having me back. <laughs> we already went through the awkwardness of me saying my own name. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great that you're back on the show because we got your story. I encourage people to, if they missed it, to go back and listen because you're obviously you're a huge GNR fan. You're in a GNR tribute band, but you reached out to me through email and I didn't know. I think it was maybe you reached out to me 
the day or before or after you signed a Golden Robot? I had no idea. You were just a listener of the podcast who, like, I, I'm working on music with Todd Kearns. Whoa, like, what is that about? So with that being said, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you're like, why are you waiting so long to introduce Mr. Dammit? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still have to approach it kind of like radio-like. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Todd, uh, I just mentioned it was episode 220. You were gracious enough. You were in one of my first favorite interviews. I think it was episode 49 or it was in the early, it was in the 50s. Yeah, oh, yeah, early days, yeah. Nice. So, uh, so Todd Kearns, thank you for, for joining us and what I can officially call, because Brandon, when you were on, you did not have a name for this project, but That's now right. we do. And what's that name? What do we got? We got Minefield. That's I correct. I it. So how did that, was that a, a brainchild of, of Mark? Because he's, uh, he's great at naming things. How did Minefield well, come about? Mark is the one who definitely pushed us towards using an actual band name. Uh, so we kind of brainstormed some stuff. And Jeremy Asbrock, the other guitarist from Ace and Gene solo bands, uh, he kept kind of pressuring me to use something that kind of had my last name in it because I kind of oh. orchestrated this whole thing. So, I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we had a different name that I submitted to them to Golden Robot and everything was supposed to be done. And then, you know, like the whole next 24 hours, that name is just like, I, it's just in my ear constantly. And I'm just like this, I fucking hate this name. <laughs> so, <laughs> then just the next morning, it was literally, I woke up on the couch and within like, a minute or two of being awake, I thought of that name, and the first person I texted was Todd. And I was like, hey, man, what do you think of this name? And he's like, I think it's great. And then texted Jeremy, and he's like, I think that's the best of the bunch. And so then I had to email Mark and all them and be like, hey, you know that name that I gave y'all yesterday? We're not using that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so luckily, is that, a, is that uh, a hidden secret? We, we, is that a something oh, that's just along left? the way? I think you gave me some other names, and I think I just said, nah. No, no, I didn't didn't like them, something like that. But I definitely didn't want you to name it after you, as in, you know, the brand Fields experience or whatever. whatever (laughs) Yeah, well, the whole situation kind of changed too because whenever the plan to use that name was, when I reached out to everybody, they were just supposed to do like a guest appearance on a track or two. Yeah. And then by the time we're working with Golden Robot, it's all four of us on every track on the album. So it definitely made more sense to go more of a route with an actual name because it was more consistently a band throughout the album than just these guys coming in and working with me on a track or two. So it was the right route to go for sure. See, that's, that's amazing. We, we got, you know, Brandon's story about what it's like to be a fan and then reach out to these guys like Todd Kearns and like actually have them you know, work with you. It's again, not, not just on the song and an album. So Todd, I want to get your perspective on it because you were talking uh, off the air a little bit about some other work that you do, just like creating songs for commercials. And obviously we know about, you know, uh, solo stuff and, and, and obviously with Slash and everything. Right. So you must always be approached about people um, from people who want to work with you. How how does that process? Because they can't all be as talented as Brandon. You you must get you know in, instances of people wanting to work with you, and you're like, uh, my email. Is uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think at the same time, it's kind of like when it comes from guys like Jeremy and Matt. You know, I think it's there's a sort of a a mafia kind of. Do you do you vouch for them? 
Because if you vouch for them, then yeah. If you don't vouch for them, then you don't know. So, so, <laughs> so Matt was sort of like, you know, wasn't as in, 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 entrenched in it as Jeremy. Jeremy has firsthand. Jeremy's the only one that knows everybody individually in a sense. So when he came at me and said, we're doing this thing, it's rad. I think, you, and, and usually when it's somebody I trust like that, it's kind of like, okay, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like in, uh, if they're, if they're excited about it and they think it's got real potential and it's got, it's going somewhere. So from there, it was sort of like, talk to, talk to Brandon, listen to the stuff. And once I listened to the, you know, a couple tunes and we started to kind of knock things around, that's when it really sort of, um, you know, took, took fire. But I think that it's also the perfect timing because there was a lot of sitting around, you know, watching Sopranos again or something. <laughs> and it became like, hell yeah, I would love to start exercising this, you know, this, okay. this muscle up here again, you know. So where do because you were talking about, you know, Jeremy uh, Asbrock and, uh, and Matt Starr, they, they play with Ace Freely and yeah. uh, Gene Simmons and Mr. Big. So where is your relationship with them? How did that, where did you, or is that just like musicians, you guys all meet on Saturdays? Like, how do you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> see on Saturday for a bowling or whatever. Uh, we, um, I know those guys through, um, well, Brent Fitz, the drummer in Slash's band, the Conspirators, mm -hmm. he was playing with Gene Simmons initially so it was right. jeremy yeah. ryan cook uh phil Schouse, and and uh brent fitz so you know that three-headed monster out of nashville those three dudes like all blonde all bell bottoms and no sleeves i was just like who are these guys they're they're amazing so and i just fell in love with those guys and we did kiss cruises together and you know i saw mm. them play with ace i saw i didn't never saw them play with gene but i saw them play with ace and they were just amazing guys and amazing players um so getting to uh you know you just when you respect a musician regardless of whether you know them or not it's kind of like you go yeah it sounds like fun again i suppose every step of the way we might have you know first kind of like jammed a couple of riffs and it didn't go anywhere and that might have been the end of it but the fact that you know we just sort of jam some stuff and it turns into something that's cool and then away you go Right on. And so I, I don't know if it's always the same, like how Brandon was kind of like, and I appreciate you helping me with the email and sending up the zoom and getting talk. I'm like, when Mark's like, Oh, we got to do another episode again. I'm like, who do I reach out to first? Right. So when it comes to the band, especially when you signed, who's, is it up to you, Brandon, that's kind of, you know, reaching out to Todd, reaching out to the other guys and reaching out to Mark or is it now because it's under Mark's umbrella or is, is are you kind of taking charge and kind of maybe, guiding Brandon of kind of what to do and how to put this all together. Like, how does that, cause you're not all uh, together. You know what I mean? Like, so Golden how does this Robot all work? Has definitely given me a lot of freedom as far as what to do is pertaining to the album for the most part. And I, I can respect the hell out of that. That is something you can't really get from everybody. So as far as that goes, they've been super awesome to work with. Uh, but I would still say for the most part, it's, it's me orchestrating a lot of it, but not to say that, uh, not to discredit anything that Golden Robot's doing. They are obviously doing tremendous work for our PR and marketing, but as far as the actual like uh, handling of the band, I would per se, that's still mostly done in-house for the most part. And that's the way you want it to be done because, you know, you don't want to start getting involved in management. And I remember when Guns N' Roses toured Australia, um, actually, I've still got it on my fucking desk just to remind me how much I hated it. But when Guns and Roses, <laughs> when Guns and Roses oh, you have your VIP pass, yeah, when Guns and Roses toured Australia last, 
Um, and Rose Tattoo, one of our bands, um, did the did the Sydney and Brisbane show, I think. I don't know how. It was a few years ago. Um, I had more time. But I ended up being tour manager. I ended up being some sort of, I fucking hated it. And mm. I hated it. I remember it was like 40 <laughs> degrees in Brisbane and I had shorts on oh, and I was no. getting chafing on my thighs. And, and it was... It was a fucking horrendous day. <laughs> Although the access was fantastic and you could watch the gunners from the side of stage and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met Frank for the first time, which then led on to us doing Pissa. And I met Dizzy, which led us onto Hookers and Blow and, and everything else. So that, that's why <laughs> I like always living in LA because the networking is so good. But that's when I met all these guys. Um, and, I, and I knew Richard Fortas anyway, and he was introducing me to everyone. So it's fantastic. But... So, so my point is, we don't try to get involved with management or anything like that. What we try and do is just stick to what we're good at. We're very good at distroing. We're very good at PR. We're very good at marketing. We're very good at networking. Very good at listening to songs and giving the bands as much or as little help as possible. Brandon knows what the fuck he's doing and he's got great people working with him. So why step on his toes? Let him do what he's really good at. Let us do what we're really good at. And you've got this, you've got this perfect fucking scenario um, and, and it works and it, and it works for our bands and the ones it doesn't work for, you know, you, you, you move on, but 99.9, it works. I, forgive me if I've asked you this before, Mark, is there something that you look for? Like, is there something that like, within a band? Cause there's a lot of, band, it seems like every day there's a great new band signing with golden robot. And I was like, Oh my God! It seems like they're gonna be, they're gonna be like a conglomerate at, at some point. Well, we, we we are fast becoming. Yeah, I like to. <laughs> I just send all the musicians ladies' clothes, and if they wear them in public, then we sign them. <laughs> <laughs> and Brandon took to this little leather mini skirt like I've never. Seen ever. Hey man, I he's still wearing this. Whatever yeah. puts the food on the table. Man. That's it. <laughs> man, you know what it is? You know, can I tell you what it is? You've got all these different types of bands, right? And at the end of the day, um, it, it's about obviously the music. The music's got to be good. You don't want to be putting shit music out. But you know what it is really secondary to that is the people you're working with because there's so much... Um, there's so much money involved in this. There's so much time. There's so much effort. And it takes so much effort to just get a single out and do it properly that you want to be working with good people and that appreciate. I mean, I I had Kelly Nichols call me the other day and he said to me, mate, in 30 years of being signed to some of the most um, high-rated major labels in the world, I've never worked with anyone like you where I can call you on a Sunday and you'll pick up and answer the question and work with me, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm very passionate, as you know, Brando, about what I do. And I feel very fortunate to be in this position to have these record labels, et cetera, et cetera, and work with guys like Brandon and Todd, I, I don't take that for granted for one minute. I feel very privileged to be in this position and to take their music to the world. But that gave me tears in my eyes. And I was so, it was just so, because you don't often get, you get feedback, but not like that so personally. And I was certainly driving one of my supercars and I nearly went off the road, but it didn't happen. So it's all good. But, um, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, mate, it, it's, it's, it's working with good people. That's got to be primary for me and our team and they appreciate what you do and and otherwise what's the point i mean i've got a couple of people that we've sort of moved away from 
because, yeah, I think we did a great job on their album. They didn't see it like we saw it. It's like, what's the point? You know, what's the, life's too short, man. Go and get someone else to do it. I'll work for the people that appreciate it. So it's, it's finding good people. And, and I, that's why I Zoom everyone, Brando. That's why I talk to everyone. That's why I, I get a relationship going before we sign anybody, because then you know that it's going to work. Tida, you've been nodding your head the entire time. It, it, it seems like you, you seem to agree because obviously you've been around the block. Uh, you know, the thing that comes to my, my mind is because it was just recently the anniversary of World on Fire. So you know what it's yes. like to work for other labels. And is that, is, is, is Mark just, uh, you know, is he pulling, uh, you know, a sheet over eyes? Is he just hyping himself up or is he telling the truth? <laughs> well, I- if he's answering the phone on a Sunday from one of his artists, then yeah, that is, a, that is an exception to a much, much larger rule. That rule that's been around since long before we started doing this, you know what I mean? And I think that that's kind of, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, then by all means, that's a, you deserve all the kudos in the world for that because it's, you know, we've all been through the ringer. We've, you know, except for Brandon. Brandon, Brandon Fields is, uh, he's just getting his toe wet in this whole thing. Whole thing. I remember, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to be I used to be managed by uh, uh, Ray Daniels, SRO from Toronto. Uh, he managed. He's, he was the manager of Rush the entire time. Oh, wow. And he and he. I remember talking to him once, and he just had this kind of thing. Like he said, "Well, you know, when I was like 26 or something like that, he goes, well, it's too late to get out of it now.' You know, you got, yeah. It was kind of like." Well, you're in it now. You know, you're kind of like, it's almost like if you were a little younger, I probably would have given you the advice to go to go back to school and get a life and, you know, move to a small town and forget all this, you know, being a pirate or a cowboy or a superhero. But I just had too much superhero and cowboy and pirate blood in me. <laughs> I still do, which is basically just means you're in a state of arrested development, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, again. <laughs> I, I think if someone would answer my calls on a Sunday when I had a question about something going on, that would be something I would 100% uh, largely respect for sure. And I can vouch for that. Uh, every time I have to email Nardia or Victoria or Mark, everybody always gets back to me in pretty very timely manner, and they always very helpful with anything I have to email them about. So I'm very grateful for that experience with them. That's, That's it's so important now it because it's just how badly the the industry is, is suffering and not being able to play shows and just you got to all be on the same team and work together and figuring out how to survive i mean i i don't know i know the least of of all of you of, of what it's like to survive in a in a band uh so todd you you mentioned before you were eager to do something as your your board so i mean how are you how are you surviving right now i mean i'm glad you know Minefield is, is happening. So that's, that's one thing, but uh, I guess what else are you, how, how have you been occupying your time? Are you working at other things? Are you watching Netflix? How, how are you doing? It, it's a little known fact that I fight crime during the night, but that's a whole other, <laughs> right. but that doesn't pay at all, by the way. That's just out of the goodness of my heart. Um, <laughs> honestly, I've been so, it, it, it sort of, it took me a long, I've told this story a thousand times where the first couple of weeks, I'm the kind of guy I've always got a thousand plates spinning and, I've always got stuff going on. I got to go over here. I got to return that phone call. I got to change and check the emails. And I've always got a project going. Well, usually multiple projects going. And uh, it took me a couple of weeks when everything kind of happened with the quarantine to kind of power down. Like I still felt like I got to call somebody. I got to be somewhere. And um, so in, in all honesty, I, I enjoyed it more than I should have considering how, you know, it's a pandemic. 
and all that. But, um, you know, eventually things started to become, hey, man, what do you do about this song that I'm trying to put together? You want to sing on it? Of course, you know. And then it slowly, slowly kind of turned. But in a lot of ways, um, the Minefield Project was one of the first things that really kind of, you know, kind of got me back uh, off the couch, basically. Oh, cool. You know, it's kind of like... Uh, Netflix is, Netflix is always my friend regardless. So I don't need to be convinced to go watch something. So when it was, uh, when it was like, uh, nothing else to do, I was like, I'm going to just check right out. So, um, you know, Bruce Kulick and I are constantly working on music slash and I are constantly music, uh, working on music, but because it's just a, a bizarre chapter as far as what do we do without live shows, it just became like, you know, the fact that we actually have music that's out there right now with Minefield is, is an exception to a much larger rule. Again, it's like we have a song out there and it's being played. And, you know, that's it's really exciting for me because most of us in my mind, I just imagine just sitting around waiting until something happened. And sometimes you just have to make things happen. So when things like when you close that door and the window opens wide open and Brandon Fields is looking through the window going come make some rock and roll. I'm like, all right. Well, it's funny how that all happened too, because when he, when we first started talking, it was like, Brandon's playing guitar, Jeremy's playing guitar, Matt's playing drums, obviously. And I was like, well, who's playing bass on this? Well, we don't know yet. I go, well, then I guess I'll play bass. You know, it was sort of like one of those things that just kind of weirdly fell into place. I'm the bass player for Slash's band. So what the hell? I may as well just play some bass on this. And it, you know, it just all kind of made sense in that, in that moment. What do you prefer to play bass or well, I started on bass. A lot of people go, well, we know you as a guitar player because mm -hmm. when I kind of started to become known, my little brother picked up the bass in my absence. I was out on the road playing bass and all these, I was a bass player singer. I like to think I was Sting or Getty Lee, but I was probably uh, neither, <laughs> like not even close. Uh, but, uh, you know, then my, my little brother picked up the bass and we decided to put a band together and that was the band in Canada that went on to do stuff. So I just moved out front, Paul Stanley, my way around the guitar. And, uh, and that's sort of where I live in one, one or the other. So, so some people know me as this, or they know me as that. I always have people go, it's weird to see you a picture of you with a guitar on. And I go, wow. Cause it's like other people tell me it's weird to see you playing bass or sometimes I'm singing, <laughs> singing a show with no guitar. It's just kind of like, I consider myself a musician that way. Like I really love music. I love making music. I love playing music. And that's one of the fun things about when I moved to Vegas, it became like, it's Wednesday. Our, our singer's sick. Do you want to come down? I'm in, you know, or whatever. Play guitar, play bass. I was just happy to be doing it all day long, all week long, making it my life. And then if you would have told me that at, at 14, 13 years old, that that's what I would do, I'd be like, I guess that's, that's the dream right there. Wow. I mean, absolutely. And it pays to be so versatile. I mean, that's why you're able to do so many different things and, and be so well and continue your creativity. It's a jack of many you're trades. I, have, I don't know how, what a kind of a king I am of any of it, but you know, <laughs> I do my best. Is there, I mean, I, I don't know if I can say is like, what's the, the plan? Cause obviously the plan is that it's, it's changed. So what is the plan for minefield? I know we just, we have a, a new single out and, and it's slowly, I know how Mark likes to do singles at a time. What, <clears throat> Is there anything well, accompanying? It, it makes perfect sense right now to do the singles because you don't just want to put an album out and then sit on your ass for a year before you can go out and tour for Build it. the foundations. Yeah. Right. Uh, so right now the plan is that we just put this first single out with the lyric video. 
Uh, we actually are working on an official video for that right now. Todd's friend alone Jimmy together. Romero I is, probably should mention that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Todd's friend Jimmy Romero is putting together a video with uh, with us for that. So we got that to look forward to coming out as well. We've got another single that'll be out before the end of the year. We'll announce a date for that whenever it gets closer. But I mean, we've definitely got stuff lined up to where you're not going to get bored after one release and we're not going to release too much to where, like I said, we've kind of, you know, shot our shot too early. So I think the whole plan for this right now is kind of what I said. We just have multiple things to keep people interested. And I definitely love Golden Robot's approach to doing that. It's it's good because I've seen other labels put albums out like in the middle of the pandemic and now those bands don't have anything else to promote right now. Well the good thing about your music is and with Todd and the other and, and, and all the other boys involved is it's very authentic and it's good music. And it's, it's sort of really right for this time, 20, 2021. It's really right for this time. I mean, I, can you imagine when these guys can play live? It'll fucking blow the, the roof off places. <laughs> so, so this is the kind of music you want to hear on vinyl. And this is the kind of music you want to see visually um, with video clips, et cetera, et cetera. So it's almost, it's, 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 it's relative to today, no doubt, but it's almost old school as well. Like when you listen to um, Alone Together, um, and I've got to say to you, Brando, and answering your question before, I try to sign stuff. And obviously, there's a huge team involved. It's not just me deciding. Yeah, sure. But I, sometimes, if I just fucking love a song, we just want to be associated with it. And <laughs> when, when Brandon was sending me the, the demos, um, I just got it up now. There was four or five demos. Um, you know, you're listening to them. You go, "Oh, I like this," and you want to hear it in the car, or you want to hear it on your on your on your headphones. Or you want to hear it here. So it's a kind of music I'd listen to anyway. So it resonates um, with, with that kind of audience. So it's it's exciting when you've got something that's authentic. When we're looking at what's going on in the world, I know, Brando, you and I have talked about this a lot on your podcast. But the world is so fucked up at the moment, and unfortunately, in America, it's 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 uh, on a whole lot of things. It's a mess. <sighs> Um, let's, let's not go there. But, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's so good to have something authentic and real that you can spend, you know, two and a half, what is it, what, how long is the track, however long the track, three minutes, 31 seconds in something that's real because we spend the other fucking 23 hours um, a day listening to bullshit on the fucking radio and on the TV. At least I can spend three minutes of something that's real. And that's yeah. why I love it. And that's why it's going to, that's why it's working. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's actually that. a really good way to say it. Cause I see, I think it's also the nature of the song is we didn't really, even though the funniest thing about it is we were talking about it today, how alone together, really the, the concept of the title to me was sort of about the pandemic in that we're all, we're all together currently. You, you, all four of us are here together, but we're all alone at the same time. And it sort of created not just, not just during a pandemic, but during this modern day of, of, of interaction uh, with, with people. We talk to people all day long, but in text form, you know what I mean? Or in email form. And we, like I said to Brandon earlier today, I said, sometimes I'll run into somebody and they'll be like, dude, I haven't seen you in three months. High five. And I'm like, it feels like I, but I talk to you every single day. So I always have to go, oh yeah, right. Yeah, we haven't physically seen each other in, an, in a long time. So uh, alone together in and of itself sort of, you know, but I think that the, the, together, the together part to me is the important part. So it is meant to be somewhat uplifting. The song itself 
it comes Indeed. off as as fun as uplifting and and it's the escapism of of rock and roll i didn't want to write a whole album about what a drag everything is you know because if, sure. if you want you could just turn on the tv or look out your window or pick up a newspaper mm-hmm. and that'll that'll remind you of that it's i think it's music's <laughs> job once an occasion to uh, once in a while to uh to take you away from all that as much yeah. as possible anyway uh, and you Absolutely. know what? The whole world is so full of all these, and I'm guilty of it because I watch them, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in New York or, or Paradise Island or Bachelor or whatever. And so you're submerging yourselves into other people's lives and submerging yourself into stuff that just isn't real all the time. And, you know, and then you've got the political side, like we just said. And that's the one thing about your band, this about Minefield and several other bands, obviously, on, on, the, on the label that are real and, and, you can tell that each player, as good as you all are separately, together, you're um, you're really enjoying what you're doing, and you're writing something that you're actually. Um, uh, I, I was going to say proud of, obviously proud of the stuff that you do, but it's like the excitement in what you were doing has come out in the track, so that you enjoyed playing it, you enjoyed producing, oh, mixing it. Absolutely, you can listen to that fucking song, and you can hear that. So again, it takes you away from the bullshit and into reality. And you know what? Sometimes, as much as everyone's complaining, you know what? This actually, on some things, some levels, hasn't been too bad. Whether it's you've got to spend more time with your family, or you've got to write yeah. music like this, or you've got to relook at your life. So this song is about sort of celebrating the okay stuff that's going on at the moment. That's why I see it anyway. I'm glad you got that out of it because that's really kind of what I was hoping people would. It, it comes off as relationshipy, you know. And I think that some of the my favorite songs are songs that kind of seem like, you know, you think it's a boy and a girl, but it's about something slightly deeper. And then I think that at the same time, I, I always like to let people figure out their own take on the song. So mm-hmm. even the fact that we're about to make a music video in four different cities that's going to come together is, is yeah. the alone together again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of like Nashville, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and in Kentucky, it's just going to be like, and I, and I want to, and I, you know, my partner, Jimmy Romero is the, my thing is like, if there's somewhere to unite all this, so it, you know, it's going to be, it's kind of the fun part of these, this day and age where everybody's making videos that look like this, where it's four different guys. But if it looks like a music video where it's just, we're as, as together as we can be, yeah. I think that's really cool. hundred percent. I'm looking forward to that. Just to seeing how that. Yeah. Have you started working on that? Uh, yeah. Me uh, okay. Matt and Jeremy have already finished filming their performances for it, and then now me and Todd just gotta <laughs> do our parts. So exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a cool concept. We're all shooting a green screen, and it's going to be kind of edited together to where we look like we we are together, like Todd. It's going to be straight so. straight porn behind us. It's going to be unplayable <laughs> yeah, in yeah. any market. Just kidding. Nice, nice. Hey, you'll get a lot of views that way. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah on like uh, Pornhub or something like that. Yeah. What? We don't want to advertise me on Pornhub. They go right ahead. That's a lot of traffic, right? <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of traffic. But it'd be a lot of disappointment if it came and watched us. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Fast yeah, they'd have to start that, over. Yeah. <laughs> that, I think that actually reminds me. There have been, like, music videos that somehow end up on porn sites. Really? I think even during the whole, you know, GNR leaked stuff. I think they're even leaking stuff on porn websites sometimes. Oh, I'm like, 
So not because I, I, it's X-rated material somehow, just because it's... No, uh, <laughs> I think only Rammstein's uh, right. stuff gets on there. I remember that one. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> They're allowed. Probably, They're allowed. You probably put the It's So Easy video up there. Sure. Oh, uh, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what comes across, and I've said this, you know, Mark is, he's a founder and CEO of a, a record label, and, but yeah. he comes off as a fan. Yeah. Todd, you know, you travel the world... You're successful, but you're still a fan. You know, oh, Brandon, yeah. I mean, you're, you're on your way, but you're, that's why I had to, you know, have you on in my fan obsession segment. Yeah. So I got to ask you then, you know, and that's one of the blessings, again, uh, from this pandemic for me is being able to do more of these video uh, interviews. So I get to see Todd. I get to see, you know, uh, people who I interview instead of just always being over the phone. So, Brandon, were you – because I can't help but geek out and be a fanboy sometimes. Where you were like, hey, Todd, you know, let's, let's go play some uh, Age of Electric or, you know, let's play some <laughs> of World of Fire or, you know, uh, your other bandmates. Let's play some Kiss. Has that right, happened? Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's definitely been instances where during conversation where I've almost like started to fangirl out and I'll catch myself. And I think there's been a time or two where I've apologized to all the guys been like sorry i just started rambling or something uh i would say it's happened less with todd about slash ironically uh than it has just talking uh like ace with jeremy or matt one of them uh because i'm sure as you can see this wall behind me right here just a major kiss head so uh just as much into kiss as i am gnr it's almost at the same level gnr still edges them out but you know, it's still the obsession is there. So there's there's been a few times where I've definitely let the uh, fan side of me slip out. But Jeremy and Todd and Matt and all them are the first guys that will tell you that they are also fans as well. So it's it's not as much of a situation where these guys might be like, God, this, this kid's just rambling about his favorite band. It's they're relating too because these guys will tell you they're fans of these bands just as much as anybody else is. See, that's how I, I feel, Todd, if I ever, and I've said this before, if I ever, you know, one day get the opportunity to interview Slash, I feel like I would just geek out to him, not even about <laughs> GNR, about horror right. movies. I'm a oh, huge yeah. horror movie freak, and I love that he's so into it, and Del James, and I guess you can see him geeking out now, you know, uh, a little oh, bit about it. It's nonstop. Um, he's one of those guys, and I have quite a few horror movie friends because I love horror movies, but I'm actually like more of a movie buff than I am a horror movie buff. Okay. So I'm saying like I like good movies. So whether it's a drama or a, or a, or a you know a horror film or a science fiction film, as long as it, it's you know there are people who like science fiction and will just watch all science fiction, bad, good, doesn't matter. And Slash will just dig into every possible, anything that is even horror related. He'll come on the bus with a stack of DVDs and, and there'll be varying degrees. Of, they're usually all really gnarly, like violent and, and gross, but, <laughs> um, but he's also pretty discerning about his quality level. So, but I just appreciate his passion about that stuff. I mean, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he's, he is a quiet man and he's a very thoughtful man, which is kind of different than I expected as a kid. As a kid, I expected to see a Jack Daniels bottle and a cigarette and just this animal, just like, you know, trashing hotels, but he's not like that at all. If anything, he's a anymore. very thoughtful anymore. Exactly. He's a, a very, <laughs> yeah, yeah. as Gildy Clark said, he goes, I don't know that slash. I, I knew a different slash, you know? Oh, and, wow. uh, but he's, um, 
you know, he, he, but I think at the same time, whether he was that party guy or not, he was still a very thoughtful and very intelligent guy. So you talk to him about like horror movies or books or dinosaurs or reptiles. He just, he, whatever he's into, especially guitars, stuff like that, he is really knowledgeable. So it's like, you know, but again, he's, he's a dude, he's a regular. And the funniest thing is when you spend as much time with him as I have, I remember one time doing this Aussie, we did a, um, it was a conspirators tour, but we were following along with Aussies. Uh, it was supposed to be a Sabbath tour, but Tony Iommi got sick. Oh, uh, the Aussie and Friends tour. And it was Aussie and Friends, exactly. So he had Zach Wilde, Gus G, Caesar Butler, wow. and Slash. So I remember like, I was telling a story to a friend of mine. I was like, dude, it was, I was standing side stage and Geezer Butler was right there and I was totally tripping. Zach Wilde, Gus G, Ozzy, Tommy was playing drums. And then I go, and Slash was there. You know, can I tell you? Like if, I, if, I didn't, if I didn't play with Slash every day, I would have been like, dude, Slash was there. And Geezer, right. you know, but it's just, you know, you become accustomed to it. And I think that's kind of the beauty of my relationship with him is that we, you know, I generally consider him, you know, one of my, one of the go-to guys when it comes to like friends and want to talk about, we just send shit back and forth. Have you seen Nurse Ratchet on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. It's just totally normal, nice. totally cool. You know, well, I, see, I, I love that. That's why yeah. I asked you before, Todd, and I asked this of, you know, yeah, we can get all the rock star stories, but what are you watching? You know, I, I, I get a kick out of that. You know, that's what I would get a kick out of you know, uh, slasher, because any of you I, I, talking to, you know, Mark about BS stuff, not always just like, right. the rock and roll lifestyle. Um, right. So if you're, and you can just, if, if you can say pass or you can make a fart noise, if you don't want to answer, <laughs> is there, is there anything you could tell us about, you know, uh, what you are working on with slash or what we could possibly see? Cause I know miles is doing solo stuff. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know slash is I think, cause of Megan, uh, she's so cool with posting and updating and the, the fans, about other things that he's working on. Is there anything that you can um, possibly let us know about uh, you guys working together coming, uh, coming forward? I mean, it's super embryonic days. You know I mean? Like we're really kind of in the early stages of like just he and I basically going like knocking stuff back and forth. It's not, you know, it's really hard to say, you know, people are like, there's a new conspirators record being made. I go, well, being made is, is a, you know, is a relative term. It's sort of like we're in the really early stages. Our, our drummer's been trapped in Canada during the quarantine. Trapped is not the word, but he's been, he's up okay. there. In a bed, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Now that's a story. I mean, we, should, we, should cult, we should really flesh that one up. And then Miles, is, Miles took advantage of this thing right away. He's like, quarantine, boom, I'm going and making my solo stuff. And I encouraged everybody, like, just go do what you're going to do. Because, again, we, we, we didn't really have a plan together. We still don't really have a plan together. It's still just kind of like early days. And um, I don't know. I guess I really I, – I would love to tell you more, but there really isn't much to say. It's just kind of like literally once in a while we get together, we knock some stuff around, and it's sounding killer. I, I always say to Slash, I go, he'll play a riff, and I'll go, I imagine some kid playing that on YouTube in one year from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever the riff is, it's always classic. It's always, you know, it's always like, yep, that's – that's going to be the one that I watch some kid, you know, usually playing it incorrectly, but it's often he's playing correctly as well. He's always, no, you know, he just has classic, classic fucking iconic riffs every time. You know? That kid on YouTube is me, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I like that answer, to be honest with you, because it's, it's not even like you're approaching it like a business. Oh, we got to work on this album. We got to do this. You're just two friends jamming when it happens talking about did you see nurse ratchet which i can relate to i think 
<laughs> maybe I have an episode or two left, I, I think, uh, right, to watch right. it. So I, I think that's that's awesome. And that the fact that Brandon came into your life, that you're not going nuts, because that's also what I think about. That Slash yeah, is always is. on the road. And for me, who always talks about mental health and, and keeping active and, and just your, your mind straight. I know he's been sober for a long time. He doesn't need me worrying about him. But it, it's just, you know, there's the musicians that they need to be out on the road. They need to do they these do, things. Yeah. Otherwise, they can get themselves in, in trouble. So, you know, I'm glad know, you're not I getting yourself in trouble. I, I, <laughs> he's a very safe. strong... He's one of the strongest people I know in, in, in multiple ways. So I, I actually don't really, I never really think of it that way. Like I've never really been that worried about him, but I know he is, I've never known anybody to have the energy he has when it comes to creativity and, and productivity. Like I was telling the story, I think I probably told it to Brandon where, uh, where he would say stuff like, let's get together on Tuesday. And I would be like, okay. You know, it was like back years ago, he was doing Guns N' Roses probably on that run that Mark did with him. And I remember him saying, like, let's get, get together next week on Wednesday. And I go, okay, great. And I hang up my phone, and I, I just looked, randomly looked at some Guns N' Roses dates, and he was flying from South Africa back to America the day before. And I was like, you want to get together and rehearse, like, the next day after, like, because I'm, like, I'm crippled by jet lag. I'm just like, no, hello, Netflix, for a couple of days. Then I'll get back out into the world. He's just, like... And, and I always appreciate that about him. I really, I think it's really kind of rubbed off of me in a lot of ways as far as yeah. I've always been pretty, like, you know, always got something on the go. But, you know, you always kind of feel like, well, if, if he's doing that, then, you know. Wow. No, that's, I think that's, that's great. That, that it's, is, a work, and, it's a work ethic thing. I think he's just really has it, you know. And it seems like it's rubbing off on all of you guys. If it's rubbed off on you, it's, I mean, Brandon obviously had a good, good amount before you guys connected. And Mark, yeah. I mean, what did you say? You have seven labels? Nine. Not you have oh. nine labels? Wow. We bought into a label in Colorado. How do you sleep at night and not go like have anxiety just keep you up? <laughs> I don't. I, being an entrepreneur, I, you know, I don't get involved in any bullshit. I actually sleep really well. But Good. <laughs> Good. There's your answer. And you know the story, Brandon. You know, I've been married four times. And I live, so this my fourth marriage now, which is the best one I've had, we live separately. So she lives on this floor down there in her three better and I live in my two better. And so we come together for dinner and, you know, whatever else. And then I just go to my wing and she goes to her wing. It's unreal. So I can stretch wow. the air conditioning on, even when it's freezing outside, put the air conditioning on, <laughs> watch TV, do whatever I want to do, eat chicken, chicken wings in bed, whatever I want to do, I do. I got to subscribe to your wow. newsletter, Mark Alexander. You got yeah. you, you to start your own podcast just about that. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I know. I yeah. got my own podcast. You know, I think the Mark this. Alexander Herber Masterclass. Where did I, I sign up yeah. for that at? Yeah, 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 yeah it's going to be called Don't Take Relationship Advice from Me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, think you call it, I think you call it the fourth time's the charm. I think you totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. no, no, you know what I'm going to call it? Finally. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, you know, you're always thinking. You're always, you know, I'm always, um, you know, I check my emails at four in the morning because we've got Europe and I've got America and et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. You're always thinking. You're always entrepreneurial. You're always thinking of something else. Like the minute you started talking about miles, I'm looking, hmm, 
2018 snake pit, snake pit records under license to Sony. How do I get into Todd's mind? Start mentioning Golden Robot, Ash and Miles. Great new label. Forget the majors. We want to go independent. You're always thinking. You're always thinking. Hmm, first way, get Todd to wear a Golden Robot T-shirt to band practice. Right? There you go. You're there always you go. thinking. Speaking of shirts, uh, is that a Huey Lewis in the new shirt you got on, Todd? This is a, a no nope. Huey, no news, no thanks. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's it's from Riggs, Riggs by Dad. I think it's it's a it's a it's a hilarious uh, Instagram page. I follow. Which jersey are you wearing, Brando? I've been trying to figure this out the whole time. I'm wearing a Charlotte Hornets, a oh, Larry Johnson jersey. Okay. I guess I wanted to support a, a label mate in Frank Ferrer, who uh, always does the uh, the LJ sign. Of when course. he comes to Madison Square Garden, so uh, I, I would have a little robot. I embarrassed that it was from the Vancouver Grizzlies, a short-lived uh, NBA team from Vancouver. I have a, yeah. a hat of a, original Grizzlies hat in my closet. I collect. I used to go to games back. Yeah, back when they had it in in Vancouver, I used to go to games all, and then it, it didn't last. But Toronto does really well. <laughs> That's true. Just, oh, I'm always repping Canada. Sorry. <laughs> Another no, Commonwealth a, country, though. Mark understands. Totally. I tell you what, we've got some great Canadian bands. We've got you uh, do. the Jailbirds, uh, Fortunate Losers, yeah. King Bull, the Blood, um, the Bloodshots. Uh, there's yeah. a few Canadian bands that are coming through that we're um, really proud of. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, with, the, with the way I love hockey, I might as well be Canadian. Exactly. You know, exactly. At, at yeah. this point. Yeah. Uh, but I, Todd, before, because I obviously don't want to keep all of you guys uh, here, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. So I finally got a chance. I interviewed Jimmy Webb. Um, okay. Yeah. Know, obviously, before he passed away, it was in the, yeah. December of, of last year. And uh, this was, I hadn't even gone to, even though I'm, I'm from, I live in New York, I guess I never had an opportunity to go to uh, I Need More. You never and got I, to go? I, I made a point when it was okay. closing. So uh, I finally got to go. And obviously, so many things are sold out. There's not many things left. I ended up grabbing just a uh, a slash pin off the the board. It's like slash with just, you know, no shirt on and, and just playing guitar, of course. Uh, but I saw, and part of me regrets not buying it, even though it wouldn't have fit. But it was a Todd Dammit shirt, uh, Todd Dammit Kearns T-shirt. Oh, okay. It was, <laughs> it was like very. I I think this person tweeted at me once, but it was because it was a really well done design. It was very comic booky. It looks like it was, it was the, the Batman cover of, one. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the damn it Batman one. And I actually think me, I, tw- me I cartoon tweeted with a guitar kind of thing or something like that. It looks like the cover of a comic book. Honestly. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. And, and your hair uh, is just yeah, all, yeah, you know, yeah. like banging. <laughs> it's a beautiful shirt. Yeah, and I thought it was good. a sign. I'm like, oh, I, I got to get this shirt, but I'm a medium. <laughs> it was a small. Right. I'm like, right. you know, maybe I should have bought it just to. That's know, why there was a lot of left. An odd size, yeah. Uh, I, I no, know. But Jimmy, if you can, if, yeah, can yeah. you talk about him a little bit, your relationship with Jimmy Webb? Uh, Jimmy's another one of these people that came into my life. It's so funny because uh, since playing with Slash, I've had like, um, like I just talked, I did a, I do my own talk show thing on on thursdays and i was talking to my friend clifton collins jr he's been in like star trek and pacific rim uh, he was in the west world the new west you know and uh and as i started the thing i was like how i usually want to start these things with how we know each other but i'm like how do we know each other it was kind of one of those weird and i got oh yeah of course you were like one of slash's friends who hopped on the bus one day and we were fast friends and that was the end of that so jimmy is one of those characters 
um, from the New York village, you know, St. Mark's place. Uh, it used to be a, a trash in vaudeville. It's on right. seventh now, I think. Um, and you know, he was just when I, w- I used to spend a lot of time in New York, uh, I was signed to Mercury out of New York in the nineties. Uh, that's in the 1900s, Brandon. You might- <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so I, you know, I always saw him there. I was always like, he's awesome and that kind of thing. But it wasn't until with Slash that Jimmy became like a part of our world. Like he just was around and he was just always there with us. So we spent a hard 10 years together, just like, you know, he would come out and visit us, Europe, ride on the bus, live with us. And just like one of those like amazing souls, you know what I mean? And you meet them all the time. It's like, you just got to keep your eyes and ears and your heart open for them when they show up. Mm. So, uh, you know, he, he went off and started his own, opened his own story, left Trash and Vaudeville, opened up I Need More on the Lower East Side. And we were always there. We were actually always at Trash and Vaudeville too. So now we were always, well, whenever we were in the city, then we'd, we'd be hanging out at his place. So, um, you know, he was just, I mean, it, the, the fascinating thing is you don't know how far someone has reached until they're gone. Like, and then all of a sudden, everybody comes out of the woodwork from... Debbie right. Harry to Iggy Pop to you and McGregor and we're all just like just inundation of love and, and and celebration of his life you know and I think if you knew Jimmy he was just this big beaming ball of light like he would just I had a base made uh was my intention was to have a base made for him uh a kind of hot pink of my signature base that I do and I was going to take it around the world on the next tour, whenever the hell that's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I was going to take it and I was going to put it right on the wall of his store and say, that's for you. Wow. So the mm-hmm. fact that he, uh, he passed, you know, in the saddest thing about any of this stuff is whenever, you know, I've lost a lot of friends in my life, just, you know, due to, to sickness and whatnot. And your, your intention is always like, this is just going to be a thing that we go through and, and we're going to look back on this as that crazy time Jimmy got sick, but you know, it just sort of got, uh, it just eventually just got the better of him. And, and that was that. So it was, you know, unfortunately in those situations, by the time it's so bad, you haven't really had time to, to wrap your head around it until someone tells you, you know, this is, you know, not, not good, you know? And then you're like, Oh damn, I would have done so much differently and I would have made so many more efforts. But of course it's during COVID and all that, which was the worst. So, and by the time we knew right. that it was very serious, obviously it was, it's always serious, but by the time we knew it was really serious, right. there was nothing any of us could do, even to go and say goodbye and anything. So, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, Duff McKagan and Slash and, 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 and Ewan McGregor and Debbie Harry and Iggy Pop and all of us, we just love him to death. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those amazing things. You know, I wrote a song about him and I'm going to try and include it on a solo album uh, or right. something oh, wow. down the line. I, I got to talk to Golden, Rob- Golden Robot Records about my, um, my, uh... <laughs> there you go. Boom. I've got the, I've got the, I've <laughs> <laughs> got the pen ready. Like, would it be funny Where if I, I just sign? pulled it? Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh, I, I love that. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing those words, Todd. And I was very lucky that he came in studio that I got to, to meet him and I'll be forever grateful to, and I want to give her a shout out. Lee Williams from uh, the UK. Yeah. She sold a lot of her, her artwork. Yeah, she's a sweetheart, and I yeah. really uh, appreciate her setting that up. And she vouched for me, you know, because sometimes yeah. it's like, hey, this kid who has a GNR podcast wants to interview you. You never know what that really entails. See? But she, when Leah vouches <laughs> for you, 
when Leah vouches for you the same way that Jeremy vouched for Brandon. See, it's all about the vouching. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yes. Look at it yeah. all. It's all yeah. full circle. Yeah. So I think it's all about who uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leah, you got to know Leah and Jeremy. Then you like, go far. Brandon's like being quiet. He's actually sitting there playing video games while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here watching porn on my phone. Yeah, the yeah there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I can see the And I got it. I know what they look like. <laughs> well, this is awesome. I know uh, Minefield is up on all social media platforms. I know the, the Instagram page is new. The Twitter page is new. The Facebook, uh, Facebook page is new. Um, the single Alone Together is out now. Um, is there anything, should we just enjoy that for now and wait for the next thing? Or is yeah. there like a, a teaser you can uh, let just, us know yet? Just enjoy it and, and get excited okay. about what's next because if you're happy with this, you're going to be more than happy with the next few things. You've, well, yeah. uh, one thing we did announce today on uh, Mike Brun's show uh, was that He's been cheating on you with Mike Bruns. You know, <laughs> Brando's don't start a conversation up like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the only podcast. podcast? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I'll make a residency with y'all. We'll work it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, but one thing we did announce that we, we are going to be including a cover of Kisses All American Man on Ooh, this that's right so which i'm calling all canadian man i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I, was, dude, I was thinking about that the other day i was like we how just ironic do... is that we got todd singing this song would you just do it for other markets we'll change it to like all, all australian man all finnish man oh, all beautiful. swedish man <laughs> nice that's how you It'd move be like uh, when david that's marketing edelman <laughs> smile in spanish all in spanish exactly yeah Oh, there's Beatles songs. There's rare Beatles songs. You can hear them in German. Like they actually recorded versions of She Loves You was a Silipti. That's and other songs nice. like that. Yeah. So back in those days, it was very common to, to cut something in French, which I'm sure they just learned phonetically. Like I'm just say this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can only think of uh, 99 Luftballons, the, uh, the English version. In the, uh, yeah, the yeah. Which started in German. <laughs> Although there's like Falco and right. groups like that too, who were all like German groups that were brought over and, and had to be. Um, yeah put into english and stuff like that yeah right on well well, yeah all american man is all american man is the plan for our cover at at the moment so yeah we're we're big kiss fans i don't know if you knew that or not but we we could probably (laughs) kill we could probably kill one hour right now if you just start right now we'll spend an hour talking about kiss but don't do that because and that's getting warmed up yeah (laughs) yeah exactly that's only if one of us get to talk yeah, yeah. It's amazing for, you know, it's, this is a GNR themed podcast, the amount that Kiss is brought up. And it's usually from the guests that are so influenced by Kiss. And, it, you know, I don't well, know. Maybe Slash was it, a big ace guy. So it yeah. makes sense. Well, a lot of it is that kind of like right age group, which I think is fascinating right. talk to, talking to a guy like Brandon because we had a long conversation about guys who found the original band and then other guys who were a little younger who found them in the non-makeup years. You know what I mean? So there's right. so many different chapters of Kiss, but the fact that it has such a longevity to still stick around and influence guys, you know, 20, 30 years younger, it's just like, it's fascinating to me. But I, I attribute it to... I love the tunes. Like we can, we can, I've had, you know, long conversations about, isn't it just about makeup and fire and blood? I'm trying to get <laughs> like the wall for you. It is. I think I can. Yeah. Are you but trying I'm to kill a huntsman kid. spider? What are you doing over there? No, no, no. I got Love Gun up there signed and oh. I was going to pull it off the wall and, and show Brandon because I've got a whole lot of stuff signed. But Love Gun's next to Van Halen Diver Down sign. 
Um, well, cool. Whenever uh, this album using? goes platinum, you can give me the Love Gun autograph as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> I normally buy Harleys, so, but you can have that. That's fine. Wow, okay. There yeah. you go. Wow. <laughs> I'll was... tell you what. You just take me for a spin in one of those badass cars you're always posting about, and I'll be oh, satisfied. Is that an actual cricket bat or a baseball bat? Uh, that's a baseball that's, bat. That's, when, yeah, I used okay. to own pubs years ago and venues, and we had these tours that used to go through. And there was a real, there was a full-on gangster in Australia, a guy called um, Chopper Reed. Do you ever hear of him? Okay. I've heard yeah. that before. Yeah, that yeah. Like, yeah. He Uncle of Dizzy. He, he, what's that? Uncle of Dizzy. It was yeah. not a funny joke to repeat, so continue. No. So Chopper <laughs> Reed. There was a bad cop called Roger Rogerson, who's actually in jail at the moment. He signed that. And then there was a football player called... Um, uh, Mark Jackson. Anyway, they did this tour in 2004 and signed it. So it's always there to, yeah, kill huntsman spiders. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Australia a thousand times. I, I'm always disappointed that I don't see huntsman spiders. I, I, I actually kind of, I say that kind of jokingly. I was like, what the hell is wrong with well, you? Well, <laughs> I don't want to see it in my hotel room or anything, but oh, I would like cool. someone to go, look, there's one right there, and go like, oh, my God, but I've never seen that. Well, you it's like kickboxing with a kangaroo or something. Well, that's what people think. <laughs> Kangaroos yeah. on the street, there's koalas in the trees. But, no, Todd, no. let's be honest, the bands that you're touring with, they're not slumming it when they're in Sydney. There's <laughs> <laughs> no spiders in the rooms. Let's Generally. Be and I also think it's kind of like one of those things as a Canadian that I expect, I was in Canada and I didn't see a moose. It's like, yeah, well, they're yeah. in the wild, my friend. You know, it's like generally that's, you know, not the case. There was no beavers um, in the city. You know, it's like. <laughs> I'll never forget when I, when I went to, I was dating a girl in Ottawa years ago and it was the first time I saw a black squirrel. I'm like, right. what the hell is that? Because yeah. they're all gray here in America yeah. as far as at least yeah. I've grown up with. I'm like, why is <laughs> what happened to that squirrel? So there's all different kinds up there, right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking squirrels. Yeah. Uh, we'll save this for part two. We'll talk about squirrels around the world and, and huntsmen <laughs> and spiders. The, the, the nature program. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Todd, by the way, what is, uh, I mean, I'm sure people who are listening already know, but the name of your, is that the Toddcast? Is that what you're talking about? The other no, podcast? No, I, I, I just started doing it. I honestly, this is the funniest thing about it. Is, is in Vegas, I, I sit in, when I'm home, I sit in with these guys called Rating the Rockfall. And it's like a Vegas show. They do classic rock tunes and it's Howard Lease from Heart. I'm dropping names again, guys. Watch your toes. Uh, Pick it up. <laughs> Blas Elias from uh, Slaughter and uh, just a whole bunch of my friends. Rowan Robertson used to be in Dio. And, and everybody's like uh, from something. And, and I would sit around. And I'm, I'm such a rock fan that I'll sit in the dressing room going, hey, Howard, you know, and I'll just, you know, start talking about it. I heard Barracuda on the, on, on the car ride over. What guitar were you playing on that? And he'll just tell you a story. And I'm like, and every time I have one of these conversations with one of my musician friends, I think That's to myself, awesome. man, who, who wouldn't want to hear this? Like, I know how right. much of a nerd I am. I know not everybody wants to hear this. My wife just sort of immediately turns into like white noise, just like, as soon as we start talking about gear or whatever. But so I just started doing it myself. I just call it Todd Dammit Kearns Talks To. And then every week it's like, tomorrow I'm talking oh. to Dave Ellison from Megadeth. Last week was nice. Frank Bella from Anthrax. So I've had I just, both on the show. Yeah. Nice. They, those guys, I mean, those, those guys are like, awesome. and, I, and I always have to stop because I'm like, as a kid, those guys were like, you know, I've been doing a Frank Bellow impression when I play bass since I was 14. <laughs> so, so to me, it's like, uh, I just really love it. I really enjoy it. It mostly just started as kind of like, you know, talking to my friends and, and I, I, nobody I've talked to, like none of the people that I've talked to uh, are people I don't know. I've only ever talked to people I know. I, I don't really foresee it kind of turning into like, 
here's somebody I've never spoken to or I don't know. I mean, I think that might be kind of fun, but at the same time, it's like everybody I've talked to has been, because it's a long list. When you start going down your list of like all the musicians I know, all the people that I really appreciate, actors, sure. comedians, you know. So eventually, yeah, sure, it'd be great if like, if, you know, somebody I didn't know wanted to talk to me, that'd be great too. But in the meantime, it's just been like, you know, I'm talking to Blas Elias uh, right away. Nick Reese from Joyous Wolf, great band. Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Nice. And Fozzie, obviously. Sure. Um, so, you know, just all these guys are all guys I know from years of playing. In, Chris in, Jericho, in the wrestler, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The singer for Fozzie's also a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's Canadian. And he's Canadian, he, exactly. So wait, what hockey team do you root for? Because he's a, he's a Jets Winnipeg fan? Jets. He's a Brent He's Finn? a Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, oh yeah. So he's a hardcore Fitz, Jets right? fan, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So and he's okay, right? And so, yeah. who do you root for then? Well, I I, I grew up in a, in, a, in a I grew up in a town. Oh, you're the Knights. Yeah, well, the Golden the Knights, Knights now. now. The Golden Knights okay. here in Vegas. Yeah, but I grew up in a town in in Saskatchewan, never had a national hockey team. So so in a lot of ways, the Jets were the closest. Uh, but uh, but of course, when we were kids, Edmonton Oilers, Wayne Gretzky was like a god, and he's still a god in Canada, really, probably a god in, in certain parts of the states. Um, so that was kind of our team. But you know, as as I've, you know, I'm living in Vegas and I, 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 I wave the, the Knights flag high because, you know, it's literally like one day there was no hockey in this town at all. And the next day that, that Knights logo is everywhere, like on the cars, on the shirts. And it's like, I've watched it. It feels like Canada. Like it, you really, it just immediately turned into a hockey town overnight. Oh, you must have loved it. You must have it's felt the right best. Now. Yeah, we love it. And, and the games here are out of control. Like for old school guys who would go and see like the Rangers or say Detroit or Boston to come to a Vegas game, it, it's so entertaining. But a lot of the old school guys get really pissed off. Like it's like a Vegas show. I go, well, it's it's in Vegas. What are you gonna do? Yeah, the showgirls and pyro and like all kinds of nonsense. It's great. Well, I was hoping to maybe play them in the Stanley Cup final as an Islander fan, but that's, I know. That's not, Actually, not, I'm excited for the Islanders, though. I am excited for the Islanders. Well, we'll see. Maybe that's what we should do, Todd. If you ever want to do a hockey podcast, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's let's do it. I have but cousins. This was, this was I fun. have cousins who have been in the NHL, so we, we could go. We could go a long way on this. Yeah. Oh wow! Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. Todd, it was awesome just to, to speak with you again. Too, I know I, I've, I've wanted you to, to come back on the show for a bit, but I'm glad it happened this way with, with Brandon. I love that you didn't have a name for the band when you were originally on, and now it's, I don't know, it was like we had a now it's out. Now it's, the, we, we, yeah, now it's out, and, uh, and Mark, you know, we, we've emailed back and forth. I miss you. We, we got to find the right uh, time for you to co-pilot, and this was the right time. Yeah, let's keep, let's, let's keep doing more, and I've got to get you on my seven minutes max. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I can control myself to only seven minutes because I, <laughs> I have, you know, I I can't. I'm you know. seven minutes. It's always fucking twenty minutes. False <laughs> <laughs> advertising. It's like metric. It's a metric seven minutes. Yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> well, this was so much fun. I'm sure we will all do this again, whether it's alone together or or, or you know separately or whatever. To see he how said I it. it in. He said the catchphrase. Yeah. said the name in the movie, in the movie. <laughs> in the movie, exactly. <laughs> Apocalypse Now? No, I, no one says that in the movie. <laughs> yeah. so, David, that was like a family jo- guy joke. I was just yeah, 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 the family yeah, guy yeah. joke was like, I guess now we're going to have to die hard for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, I thank everyone for hanging out once again on another edition of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, please leave a review or comment, however you listen, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts, and, and follow on, on social media. That's where the conversation continues between the podcasts, and that's where you'll see I posted about, uh, you know, I shared you the Minefield. Awesome stuff all the time. Uh, well, thank you. Including the Minefield the, uh, lyric video. And the Simpsons comic that I sent you uh, with the, uh, when you had uh, Harry Shearer on that had the GR right. reference in it. That's Dang. right. That you did. See, I love this. See, Brandon even contributes. He produces this show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a man Long of my Yeah. There you go. There Beautiful. You go. So uh, until it next time, <laughs> when will you see the next episode of the AFT show? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. Uh, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Yeah! <laughs> Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.